0: It is said that there are nine arts. And what if video games is the tenth? You're listening to The Tenth Art, a podcast series about the place of video games in entertainment, culture, and society. Playing a game is often about interacting with a virtual world. And many players like to pause the action, take a step back, and snap some pictures. A perfect action shot, a breathtaking landscape, an enthralling portrait or maybe just a silly interaction to share with your friends. Players want to capture the moment and, yes, make some art. Ubisoft is currently hosting a global contest for players, photographers, and artists to submit their most creative in-game photos. It's called Photo Mode, and submissions are open right now. There's even going to be an exhibition of the winners in New York City. To celebrate this contest, on this episode of The Tenth Art, We want to interrogate the relationship between photography and video games, the ways in which players are making art, and how artists can get inspired by games. I'm joined today by one of the contest jury members, Mélanie Courtina, who's a French immersive artist. Hello, Mélanie. Thank you for joining us today. Hello. And I'm joined as well by Fazi Mesmar, who's VP Editorial at Ubisoft. He's also a games educator and an industry veteran. Uh, hello, Fazi. Thank you for joining us.
1: Hello. Thank you for uh, having me. What an introduction!
0: <laughs> well, it was a very short introduction. I, I know you've done many more things in the world of video games, and hopefully, we can touch on some of those during our conversation. Um, so, it's a pleasure to be with you both today. And and since you know we're we're doing this in the context of this photo mode contest, I wanted to start with just a question for both of you. You know, what's your relationship with photo modes in games with taking pictures in in uh, video games? And maybe if we can start by just sharing even like the first time that you took a picture in a video game, maybe Melanie, we can start with you. Do you remember your first time taking a picture in a game?
2: I think so. Um, I think probably my first time would be uh, when screenshots in game weren't quite a thing. So I took my my digital camera and took a picture of the screen of, <laughs> of an rpg i was playing called tales of symphonia and at this time it was on gamecube i remember i was playing the game while not knowing the gameplay mechanism and there was like a poem on a temple which stated something like the giants in the wind are looking at the east something that I found really really beautiful and as I wasn't aware of gameplay mechanism and how things work I didn't understood at the time that this meant you literally just have to solve a puzzle by making a statue of a giant look at the east or something like this and so I would I would look at the picture and read the words again and again and be like what does this mystery means what is it?
0: So for you, it was kind of a way to make the game last longer, like bring bring that gameplay element into your life and and kind of sit with it yes. for longer than the gameplay period.
2: Yes, I didn't even have a, a smartphone or phone at this time. I just had my dad's uh, digital camera, so I would uh, I would go in my bed at at night and re-roll and look at the pics I took. <laughs> Beautiful pictures, <laughs> that's sure. <laughs>
0: And what about you, Fazi? Do you have a, a, an early memory or first memory of taking pictures in games?
1: I do, actually. It's quite a, it's quite a nerdy story, if I, if I may add this one. Well. <laughs> so um, when I was younger, maybe like around junior high, like, you know, um, uh, elementary school to junior high, like that, that era, I used to do this nerdy thing. I was like, whenever I finish a video game, I would uh, replay it again, and then write uh, a walkthrough of that video game by hand on a school notebook, and then I give it to um, the other kids in class to help them finish the game. So that was like, you know, pre-internet era. So um, instead of you looking stuff up online, <laughs> you would wait until I finished the game, and then actually physically write the walkthrough with my with a pen and then start to give it to the kids in class and they will give it to each other. So one, that and one, can, you know. one copy,
0: of course, was circulating for each walkthrough. It's only
1: the one copy. Yeah. <laughs> because I was busy making my second walkthrough for whatever <laughs> other game I was playing. And, um, you know, this is like a, maybe a sideline, but actually making one of those is how I discovered uh, what game design is and how I want mm. to be a game designer. So, like, I was uh, writing the walkthrough for the first Resident Evil.
0: hmm
1: and then I was tracing the the map, you know, like the the, the of the mansion, saying like, you need to go to this room. This room has a key that will open the door for this other room. So I was like, you know, playing with the controller, moving around, and then like drawing what I'm seeing on the notebook. And that's when I realized that somebody else just had drawn that from their imagination. I was tracing what I'm seeing, but somebody else imagined all of this. And that's when I realized what game design is. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is the job for me. You know, like I, this is the best job in the world. But but that's a, a tangent. So like I was writing one of those um, uh, walkthrough notebooks and I was doing one for King of Fighters. I think it was 94 or, 94 or 95. So like one of like the early King of Fighters. And I wanted to, like, you know, um, putting the move list for every one of those characters and like some uh, basic combos. But I thought it would be really cool, almost like a magazine, if I could also have pictures. Of course. Um, in that notebook. So I would uh, run the game on an emulator, do the move, and then they quickly take a screenshot and then print that screenshot on our printer, which drove my dad crazy because, like, you know, ink was very expensive. <laughs> and we used to run out, like, very quickly. So I would print that and then cut it with a scissor and then use duct tape to, uh, you know, like the, the transparent duct tape to actually tape that picture onto the notebook next to the moose <laughs> and then give it to the other kids in class so that they can play King of Fighters. So I think, like, that was, like, the first, like, screenshot I've taken of a game to use, um in, in that way. I still have that notebook, actually.
0: Oh, really? It's quite interesting because for Melanie, it was kind of like almost a poetic thing of like sitting with the moment and decrypting the game. And for you, it was really uh, almost like practical, right? Of like being able to show your friends what moves in your walkthrough, what the moves look like.
1: It's funny, like I've, I've always wanted to uh, help people play video games ever since I was a kid. So mm-hmm. it's like that it, it ended up translating into a career.
0: I know for you, of course, Milani, you're, you're you know, a visual artist that uses game engines and, and video games quite a bit. So what's your relationship now with um, that fact of like snapping a still shot inside a game or inside a game engine?
2: I use um, in-game photography a lot in my own projects, actually. Because mm-hmm. um, I really like the fact that being a creator of these immersive worlds, using um, things like Unity or Unreal, I create the whole set, the whole level design, and I make only a small part available to the public uh, to the players. But me myself having designing this whole whole thing, I really think that there are points of view a bit hidden that are quite interesting. so sometimes when I finish a project, I will reopen the files themselves and change the camera mm-hmm. from um, from something with physics uh, to something was like flying mode and i just go around i get rid of the colliders and i just travel inside my own world and i usually go up and like on top of a tower i can and can look down at what things look like and find yeah new horizons new point of view and this is where i will take the the picture like the the rare picture the forbidden one the one i'm only able to see <laughs> and i will share this
0: but in this case, it, it might be a, a world or a level or a game that you design. Like, are you surprised sometimes by what you find?
2: Yes. Yeah. Um, even if I design by having some kind of God mode where you can do like a, like a model, yeah. where you will paint the textures on the terrain, etc., uh, add your lights. But if you, you change the camera... You, you go, for example, you change your size, you go really, really small or really, really big, allows you to see things that you wouldn't, even at the, as the creator of a creator of a level, you wouldn't know it was there before.
0: Super interesting. And what about you, Fauzi? Do you still um, you know, use photo modes in games or, or take in-game photography? What's your relationship with that form of, of, uh, of user-generated content today?
1: Yeah, I do. I think uh, for me, I'm I'm uh, way less artistic <laughs> in that uh, in that approach because I'm a lot more like... Um, now, like when I'm using photo mode on games that are out, I'm mostly um, uh, taking goofy photos to share with friends. Yeah. <laughs> or like, you know, trying to put myself in the most ridiculous situation or my character and like, you know, send it over to my friends and look what I've done. I think like a, a recent example I could think about is that I just had the, the most ridiculous looking... Um, build in elden ring Mm -hmm. and it's just like you know none of the pieces actually match at all (laughs) and there's like you know a giant turtle behind me (laughs) Uh, and i'm like you know taking photos of that sending it over to friends of mine going like yeah well i get the best stats so you know stats before looks or something like that
2: (laughs) i disagree yeah you agree looks first in elden ring (laughs) I have to find my character beautiful and well-dressed and attractive. Else I don't want to play it with the big uh, headset like this. No.
1: Yeah, I, I know. It drove me crazy. Like, um, you know, like I've, I'm not completely like blind to aesthetics. At least I hope not. Um, <laughs> but like I was playing a samurai. So like I like that all the pieces of the samurai fit. But then I found this helmet that is like three times the length of my head and it's plus 5 you know what am I supposed to do <laughs> you can resist that plus 5 <laughs> yeah so it's a samurai with a giraffe head almost but it's plus 5
2: <laughs> but do you need the plus 5 in the end can, can't you just like get good to the point that you that's don't even true. need that you can have both the looks and the skills
1: that's true even the stats didn't help me in like you know <laughs> being massacred in that game so clearly I need to get good but I was trying to find excuses <laughs>
0: I think what Fazi is saying is really interesting. I think for a lot of people, uh, sharing, sharing in-game pictures is about uh, that social aspect, right? Like sharing an experience, especially for a single-player game, sharing an experience that you're having alone with your friends, like um, uh, c- representing a moment that that's only with yourself, but then when you capture it, you can kind of share it then with other people and say, hey, this has been my experience in the game. Do you think that's, does that ring true to you?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, if we stay on the subject of Elden Ring, I would myself take in-game photography, but super first degree being like, this is my beautiful character on top of a mountain with ho- the whole horizon. And I will send it to my friends being like, hey, have you seen this part yet? It's so beautiful. So it was sort of a selfie, even. more. Yeah, it was more related to the practice of selfie, being like, mm. this is me being looking good in a good place. Mm. Um, then, for me as well, then taking pictures of things onto the game. Right. Also, I took pictures with my friend um, when we met, when we connected with Elden Ring. It was one of the first uh, multiplayer exa- uh, experience I enjoyed. I really, really, really enjoy the multiplayer side of uh, the game. Mm-hmm. And we will meet when the the game came out. Me and my best friend about it uh, the same day, the date came out. Um, and we will play every night together and just gather at some beautiful places and just make our character like sit down in a cute pose and chat about real life uh, events about, about our day and took pictures of uh, just us looking super pretty. <laughs> 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 but like selfies.
0: Yeah, that's been a huge part of, for other games. For example, Animal Crossing during confinement, right? A lot of people's experience with that game was hanging out on people's islands, taking pictures of the beautiful decorations and the beautiful setups that they had on their islands or their beautiful characters.
2: Yeah, and showing off the clothes they would have designed exactly. or copy real-life designers' mm-hmm. pieces um, to wear it online as well.
0: Now, I have a more practical question for you, Fauzi, because uh, Mélanie mentioned earlier that you know, she, she would take pictures of the, of the worlds and the levels that she created in game engines. And, and from a game design perspective, I've always wondered, do game designers create sometimes worlds or levels in a way that they will be beautiful to take pictures of? Or is that kind of at the back of their minds sometimes in development teams to, to create essentially opportunities to take pictures?
1: Absolutely. And um, a lot of those uh, moments also, you can see that um, within the games framework, the camera will almost pan Mm. to the site uh, that you're supposed to see. Right. In, in many ways, like, um, there are moments in a lot of the games, and you could probably, like, relate to some of them. Like, even uh, I know that it's done for that in mind. I will still take a screenshot just because it's an awe inspiring moment. <laughs> right. And it's, um, you know, like, th- there are moments in which you're, you're supposed to feel like a tourist in mm-hmm. the game. Like, you're in front of, like, a magnificent landscape or, like, uh, a great uh, reveal has been uh, presented to you for the first time or, like... Uh, you are, your character has just realized the, the size or the depth of the adventure that they're about to embark on. And uh, those moments are like uh, carefully crafted to, uh, to present that to the player. And um, the shot that uh, is often like, you know, either suggested or panned or guided to you is, uh, is designed to convey that emotion. Mm -hmm. And uh, we see that a lot of times, like with those kinds of moments, the players will tend to take the screenshot going like, I can't believe, you know, how magnificent the Vesta is or view... You might have experienced that, like for example, playing uh, a game like Tomb Raider, climbing on a cliff, then suddenly it's side view, and you're seeing the the, the vista on the horizon, for example, or uh, yeah. in uh, Final Fantasy the Seven remake, uh, a recent example for me it was uh, hit all the nostalgia buttons, but when you like you know see the big city for the first time, or like the first time you. Uh, you get up in the morning, out of the bar, and now you see the slums in daylight, and you can clearly see the the ceiling, which is the bottom of the sectors. Mm-hmm. Um, the camera even pans in that direction to go like, look at like the magnificence of this place. Yeah, and uh, you feel inside even sometimes you would say it i'll probably like whoa this is this is cool you know
0: well it's reminding me of skyrim where i don't think the camera pans sometimes but when you arrive in certain locations your character or if you have a character following you they'll say wow right yeah kind of like try to trigger that moment in the player i don't know if you remember that
1: it triggers you to be almost like a tourist to go like wow yeah. that's such an incredible moment i need to immortalize that in some way And that's like, you know, when taking a picture could be the first thing that comes to mind.
2: It reminds me of a speculative project. I think it's called Camera Obscura. And it's the idea of having um, a camera that whenever you take a picture of, as a tourist, of a monument, of something quite famous, it goes, before you take the picture, it goes searching on Google Images for the the same shot. And if the camera recognizes that the picture you're about to take has been taken, like hundreds, thousands of times, more than X number of time, it prevents you from taking the picture. Wow. Because no one wow. needs one more picture of the Eiffel <laughs> Tower.
0: <or laughs> well, yeah. Is there ways of encouraging players to go off the beaten track, as it were, to kind of, like, encourage them to, to maybe take pictures of things that are a little bit less obvious or more creative or, or based even more on their interactions of the world rather than, than those vistas or, that are, or panoramas that are crafted to be represented that way?
1: Yeah, I think there's there's a direct relationship between like um, how willing the player is to take a photo mm-hmm. of uh, part of their experience with the depth of their experience itself. So like, you know, I found that my theory is that like, you know, the more that you like a game and the more that you want to take photos to kind of like keep those memories of your connection with that game or like that game world or the events that uh, transpired in that game, mm-hmm. And kind of like that mimics uh, photography, uh, like you know why we take photos generally in real life. There's there's this uh, wonderful book I read this year actually called um, "On Photography" by Susan Sontag. It's a wonderful book, and I um, and it's a, it's oddly enough a book about photography that um, doesn't have a single photo in it. And it's uh, and it's mostly looking into what is this mysterious thing that makes people want to take photos. So it's a bit like a philosophical approach of why photography is being taken. And um, amongst the things uh, Susan mentions in that book is that it's about immortalizing that that moment in time, or like that uh, something is so precious to you that it feels bad that it's fleeting, that it's gonna go, and you feel like I need to keep this somehow. Mm-hmm. and uh, photography is one of the methods in which you can do that something that you can look back on and uh, reminisce or try to relive that moment or the closest thing that we can get to reliving that moment mm-hmm. which I thought rang very true to me
2: um, It reminds me of the, the feeling of wanting to save your game at some point when you're in real life and you really like the place you are you wish, as you said, uh, you wish you could be there uh, for uh, relieve this moment in time. And so you will take a picture and taking this picture is the closest thing you will have of saving uh, something.
1: And um, I, I find it very cool that like we can uh, have those kinds of uh, very human experiences now within the virtual world of video games, especially that we spend so much time in those virtual worlds as well. And uh, they still uh, have that same kind of value to us. It's like, you know, where some people met friends, some people had uh, magical moments. And, you know, like even with uh, real life friends, we still reminisce about a gaming moment that we've had maybe 10, 15 years. You know, that one Mm -hmm. time in which we were all supposed to be behind the wall. But one of my friends just ventured in and got killed immediately or something like that. It's still one of the stuff that we would joke around, even though it's an in-game moment. So, you know, in-game photography is becoming one of those ways and in the same vein, taking videos as well uh, of kind of like uh, immortalizing those experiences in some
2: way. I was curious about about what you said a bit earlier, being like you really enjoy the fact that some player like your game so much that I want to take pictures inside it. What do you think about the, the practice of modding your games by the players.
1: I love that as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> for me as a creator, like uh, there are complications on uh, like how the mods are being used and if they're being used commercially and all of that stuff. That's a more complicated uh, discussion. But being a game creator myself, to see people inspired by the work that I'm doing, that they want to make it better or different or otherwise, that for me is... Uh, is maybe one of the highest forms of flattery, you know, that I can get. And it makes me so happy to see communities engage in the games that I work on in that way. And in fact, actually, like there were um, mod makers that were working on stuff in games that I was involved in that ended up being colleagues. Because like they've they've made such incredible mods that we thought uh, we got to get these guys in and like um, get them to help us make the games, or like you know we've had people that are just modding or like creating um, levels or maps, um, just fan-made maps that were that were becoming so popular and go like oh we need to get those those peeps in and help us make maps better you know, so uh, for me like the the active engagement in the uh, with the community is one of like. Uh, it's 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 inspiring for me personally. And usually, like whatever game I'm working on, I am following all the the in-game photographers, the people that are making uh, Lego recreations of our uh, of our game. It's it's heart, it's why we do this stuff, you know. It's uh, it's heartwarming.
2: I agree with you. It's uh, a beautiful way of them expressing their love. I mean, they love the game so much that I wanna add things to make it better for them so they will like it even more. How, how nice It's it a would. way of
0: making it their own also, of re- reinterpreting it and adding their own flavor to it.
1: Even if it wasn't criticism. So if they're like, you know, doing something to make fun of the game. Uh, for me, I also like that a lot because in my eyes, that this is somebody that cares enough to spend all that time yeah. to create that criticism. Hopefully for one of us to see it and maybe make adjustments or improvements.
0: Well, it's nice to know that as a creator, you're keeping an open mind and staying open to to that feedback from the community and from players, even if it's not always communicated in the most respectful way.
1: Mm. You know, as any creator, Melanie, maybe you can, uh, I'd love to hear your perspective on this as well. When you make something and you put it out there, you are, by uh, extension, making yourself vulnerable, mm. you oh, know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's part of it. It's part of the creation process in which like the, the vulnerability is uh, an important part of it. As you're making yourself vulnerable towards criticism and flattery, you also uh, allow room for uh, inspiring others to hopefully either build on the thing that you're making or, you know, dissing it so that they can make something better. But the vulnerability is by like, it. It's an extension of what we do. Because like there's no point of creating something and then only I could see it, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes for the, the practice of in-game photography, sometimes I take pictures for me um, and for the real-life photography as well, because I just want to remember the moment. But when I create something that's a, more than just screenshotting my player, more than just taking a quick selfie or, or uh, landscape picture, It's true that I do want people to see it, even if that means I'm gonna get judged, which could be quite scary for uh, creators and for game makers as well. It's scary to put your your whole heart on Steam on each, yeah, I'm thinking about indie players, but in bigger teams as well. Even if you're a little bit protected, perhaps by big names or uh, big teams, it's still a part of you that you put outside.
0: Now, the thing that's really special about in-game photography is that it's also evolving with the technology as games, you know, become more photorealistic and, and have more features. And now players are really adding their own creative input when they're taking pictures in games with photo modes, right? Developers have developed these, essentially it's replicating uh, real-life photography where you can change the lighting, you can change the depth of field, the focus. Uh, I think you can even change the weather sometimes, uh, Add add filters, add effects. So that's like an additional way that players can kind of input their own creativity and put their stamp on those moments that you're talking about. And I'm just wondering what's your what's your position about this? Is this art that they're creating? How how is this affecting the relationship between art and video games? It's a deep question that's getting a silence from our speakers.
2: <laughs> is this art? It's always hard to to give an answer to if something is art or mm-hmm. not. We we could go further and ask, are video games art? Which is like the basic question. So, is in-game photography art? I would tend to say that it's uh, at least a form of of creation. Mm -hmm. Um, And that I really enjoy the fact that developers are giving players some more tools to appreciate in their own way the game. Because photo modes are never like uh, a gameplay mechanism. Like, you don't need a photo mode to finish the game, but... If you want to you can take the time to really create images with your personality mm. your frame and then be able to understand the game and, and live it in your own personal way which I I really like
1: from my point of view I think like you know as long as it's um it's it's a creation with expression so for me it, there is artistic merit to it for sure also like you know there's an element of craftsmanship in like you know choosing the moment choosing the timing choosing a lot of extra tools and elements that like you know more sophisticated uh, game modes are like giving out to players to enhance that uh, self-expression so as long as like you know it's um, it's within that expression this expressionism within it yeah uh, therefore there has to be artistic merit uh, to it as well and a way that applies to any form of expression.
0: Yeah, and touching on what you're saying, Fauzi, I think what's really interesting is is again, it's one of those emergent gameplay things that as as you said is optional and it's developers giving tool putting tools in the hands of players and then players go wild with it, right? The, the, the pictures, of course, that the players will take, developers can't plan for those. So it's really creating a set of rules and a, and a, and a set of um, techniques and templates that players can then kind of do whatever they want with and, and get creative and, and do things that were not planned originally.
2: Yeah, it's not like it's part of the, the gameplay, the core gameplay, like Life is Strange. I really like the fact that it's optional because as in real life, you it's, you're, it's rare, when you feel pressured to take a picture, and so it's it's really going to be depending on the the player's will.
0: Unless you're playing uh, Pokemon Snap on the Nintendo 64, which the, you can score
2: games. The whole point was
0: to take pictures of Pokemon. Yeah,
1: <laughs> there was a lot of funny pictures in that game as well. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> you know, like on the artistic merit of any medium is almost always challenged uh, when it's first representing itself. Photography itself was challenged at first when it came up. It goes like, is this art? You're just pointing a machine at something and pressing a button. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as we know now, you know, the century and, and, uh, and change after the thing is is without a doubt uh, uh, an artistic method of expression. So like, uh, the tools are bound to constantly evolve. And I think it's interesting that now these are like virtual tools within a virtual world, try to uh, understand the artistic merit of the thing just because of the tools is used. I think just limiting to the value of what the thing is at its heart, um, you know, human expression in a form of the tools that are available.
0: Mélanie, you're operating and working in the world of, of visual art. I'm wondering if you find around you when you interact with other artists, do you think that artists have something to learn from in-game photography or, or, or you know, forms of creativity that are in-game, let's say?
2: I do. More globally, I think that contemporary artists are sometimes... Well, I feel like there are still two sides, that there are contemporary artists that use video games engines and tools to create art. And they are, at the other end of the spectrum, video games creators that create games that are considered as art by the the players themselves, by by their community, but that perhaps don't have a value on the art market. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's two separate words. And I do think that if both sides were to learn a little bit more about the tools to create, like uh, in-game photography, perhaps there could be more and more ways to reunite them together
0: and do you find that, for example, brands that you've worked with or, or partners you've worked with, I know you've, you've done um, immersive art experiences for different brands, you've done also video clips that, to accompany songs. Have those partners or, or clients kind of changed in their the way that they approach or the way that they see video games, that they see game engines, that they see virtual, virtual art like the ones that you create?
2: I think so, because video games tools are my main form of expression. So when you hire me to create something for you, it's probably what I'm going to use. (laughs) And I also really enjoy using these engines to talk about the game itself. I create some kind of meta-narratives, I think. And so I'm going to give the example of the video clip you mentioned. Um, The last one I did was um, for Agar-Agar, a French band for um, their last song called Trouble. Uh, so I created the game with my best friend Jonathan Corinne using Unity and the whole video clip was shooted integrally inside a world we created. We made the character, we made the word, and then we we had no experience of cinematography but we just looked at movies we liked and sort of took the the, the shots like we, sooner we took one shot we liked from Lord of the Rings and recreated it because we had the freedom with the the, the tools that allow in Unity um, to, to shoot. It's called Cinemachine in this case. Uh, we were allowed to do real, real life super complicated shots like helicopter shots or drone shots. It was super easy for us and like with no extra cost. And so we made this whole clip with a video game Telling a story about a video game character. So the whole point of the video clip is to talk about the emotions of someone that is just an NPC. His pain of just being a bonus of the story. Mm. And not one of the main players. And it's a story about him being trapped on an island that is far away from the main world of the game. And so no player can ever reach him. <laughs> no. Yeah, <laughs> and so he, he doesn't have a purpose because no player will ask him what he, what is his side quest, so he's just lost, and as he's trapped in a video game engine, he can only die and respawn. He can't even die, so it's kind of a purgatory. And so telling the story with gaming, traditional images that looks like video game, that wasn't really uh, what the public of the band was expecting, but... We had real honest emotions and people come to us to tell them that they felt uh, some true emotions, uh, true empathy for an NPC. So yeah, to answer your question, I do think that creating this kind of immersive emotional experiences with games allow me to perhaps change a little bit uh, the opinion of Non gamers um, sure. that hire me.
0: Bridge that connection sometimes. Yeah. I'm curious to know what you're thinking when you you know, someone like you who's who's a veteran in the industry who's worked on so many games on the on the game design side. What do you what do you think or does that inspire anything in you when you hear people like Minani who are creating art and creating these experiences and in a way questioning kind of the um, how games work and how we interact with them by creating art inside a game engine like that?
1: I love it. It's, um, it's for me. It's super inspiring. Even as a game creator, like you know, seeing what people can do with the game that I've worked on in a way that I don't, I couldn't even imagine is. Is one of the joys that I have in the job, uh, in the job that I do, and one of the things I love about the industry the most is that the the creativity doesn't stop at the team; it continues on in the in the audience and the fan bases uh, for the game, and also like um, you know, in the technology that we use in the industry as well, it's extending beyond. It's it's the lines are getting blurred in a way that I find fascinating. Um, you, you guys probably know about. Like, like, you know, standard uh, movie blue screen technology, for example, is getting replaced by the use of uh, game engines. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you get like, you know, uh, things like Ford versus Ferrari or um, The Mandalorian getting shot and sets almost entirely based in unreal engine or and stuff like that there's like now it's becoming like almost a, a standard cinematic practice to utilize gaming technology right. in, the, in the in the creation of like motion pictures and and tv series and whatnot it's almost like an evolution of what we started by doing but like you know the, you know we are we were telling stories within the games that uh, like providing tool sets within the games and then people using that to tell their own stories. It's now being used to tell commercially viable stories, TV series, IPs of their own. Like that, The lines are getting blurred. And that, for me, is, is, is wonderful because that could go both ways, you know. And uh, that's, that presents really interesting opportunities for, for where our medium could go in the future.
0: Thank you very much, Fauzi. Thank you, Melanie, for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Do you want to try your hand at making some art in video games? Submit to the Ubisoft photo mode contest by sharing your best shots on Instagram or Twitter with the hashtag Ubisoft photo Visit ubisoft.com photomode for contest details. There's even a free Ubisoft plus trial going on right now. So you have a chance to play Ubisoft games for free and snap some pictures. Thank you for listening to this episode of the 10th art. Make sure you don't miss any of our episodes as they come out. Subscribe or follow us wherever you get your podcasts, ubisoft.com slash the 10th art podcast.